Hello and welcome to another episode of the Comic Binge slash Spider Experience crossover event, the Slot Symposium. I'm Zach Joyner, webmaster of spider-dude.com. And as always, I'm joined by Paul Herman. Hello, Paul. Hi, the Comic Binge. Yes, we are here. We are talking about Dan Slot's entire run of Spider-Man, which we had done the, the first episode. Uh, was technically almost two months ago, I guess, at this point. But uh, I had I had to... to to cancel out the last time we were supposed to record, which I apologize to all you guys mainly here. And I don't care about anybody else. Um, but, uh, but that being said, you know, I've, I'm really looking forward to diving deeper into this. I know there's probably be a lot of uh, guns uh, and bullets flying and maybe in these uh, next couple episodes, I don't know. We'll see. But um, at any rate, it's, I'm really glad that we finally decided to do this for many different reasons, because not just for myself of someone who really enjoyed Dan Slott's run on Spider-Man, but it, you know, cause you kind of wonder if you're going to love it, like it or dislike it more or whatever. I find myself remembering actually not almost every issue what I thought, but almost close to it. Right. Like it's not, I'm not the same uh, it, or it's like, oh, yeah, I did think this about this or whatever or and, or even have new perspective for it, whether it be positive or negative. So and I know I've kind of said that before, but I wasn't anticipating the idea of like getting that feeling of like, oh, yeah, I remember feeling this way when I read this. Like it started coming back to me like I listened to an old song or something like that. And and comics don't always do that with me necessarily. Right. Like it really takes a special either a story now or a special character like Spider-Man that kind of jogs that memory of like when you kind of start reliving that, that past life of uh, when these came out originally. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to get into this because I think there's lots of good conversation to be had, to be quite honest. I'm not trying to be funny, like, or, you know, Snyder. I, I think there is some really cool conversation to talk about because there is a lot to digest here because Dan Slott is the first one to take on the, the single Spider-Man post a marriage. And I think there, there's a lot of good conversation there to be had. So um, I'm ready to, I'm, yeah, I'm excited to get into this. If we have our mediator here, Adam, Mr. <laughs> uh, yep. Or, 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 or uh, tag team, you could say in some cases, maybe we'll, we'll see. Oh, God. We'll see how, we'll see how this I mean, I don't have to say anything. Thing. I can just be um, like, all right, you guys he, shut he's up. The, he's the arbor- yeah. yeah, he's the arbiter. Um, so I mean, I'll throw in, I'll throw in some, you know, thoughts. I know, I know. So, because oh, I, I haven't read a lot of this stuff actually like oh really yeah okay no yes. i was uh, you were out you're like uh, well dare you make him a single man ah! well i was i wasn't even reading back then honestly it was more okay. like I, was, I think i was reading manga mostly in like middle school and high school when this make me feel old adam this was make, all me feel old. make me feel uh, old do like, you want to talk about what i was doing at this time period when this was being published I don't know. Do we? I mean, we can. Um, so for those that are wondering, this is not live. We are pre-recording this um, for our own sanity and because yeah. this could get heated. <laughs> so it could. It could. We, we don't know if it's going to get heated. So we're kind of playing it, you know, kind of kind of playing it safe here. So obviously uh, this is being done after the fact. But that being said. What I was doing at this period of time, I remember this very fondly 
the buildup before one more day because I interviewed Dan on Crawl Space. And it wasn't just the fact that I interviewed Dan. And, and I would never do this again. I didn't know. This, this just goes to show how far I've come as a podcaster. I was at a football game with my dad on the phone with Dan Slot and Brad and, and JR. And we talked for three hours. At a football game? Yes, at a football game. I was at a, it was Cowboys and the uh, team formerly known as the Redskins. Yep. Yep. So we got there super early. Um, and uh, Dan, Dan leaned into it, man. He did. He did. He leaned it. He he's, he's a talker. He, oh, he was, he had a, he had a, he's like, dude, you're having the best day ever. You get to go to a football game, an NFL football game. And, and, and I'm like, and I'm talking to the writer for Amazing Spider Man. Cause there was no way I was missing it. Like when we when he got it scheduled, there was no way I was going to miss it. It just happened to be the same day, and I, it was a blast. I had a, I talked so long on my flip phone that it f- broke in half. Brad texted wow. me after the interview. <laughs> this is no shit. I flipped it open like I had done probably ten thousand times. The top half of the phone f- broke off and flew three uh three seats three, three at the stadium down. at the stadium wow yeah <laughs> so i was i had half of a cell phone after that interview um so yeah it, wow it, <laughs> so, so when I so when this came out, to put in perspective, I which I love retro. I love like going back to when these first came out because it doesn't, in my opinion, it does help. It does help inform other people's opinions of what their life is maybe at the going at the time, and that's oh, yeah. not always the case. Maybe, but I I would say a lot of times it does affect things. You know, because you know at a different time in my life, maybe I dislike this more. I don't know, but at the time. Uh, Spider-Man was, you know, I was been, I've been dating my wife now for, you know, we've been started dating for a while because we started dating right around civil war or like right after civil war. It was like right post that. So I think I was, we, we were started dating right when JMS was doing back in black. Mm-hmm. And so I think I started living with my girlfriend, uh, my wife now at the time when these started coming out and I was in a very weird state of my life, which is you could say the same thing for Spider-Man, right there. He was in a very strange spot in his life. And I don't know, like, it's funny because I was just venturing into my, you know, long-term relationships when Spider-Man got out of his and was, you know, it's just, it's very interesting because it was my first foray into not just growing up with the character, but like you're, you, I hate to say it kind of surpassed him because they, they, you know, they try to de-age him. And I was like, oh, man, like, I'm kind of passing Spider-Man. Instead of looking up to Spider-Man, I'm like, oh, this is what I have to do. It's like, oh, actually, I'm doing it more than he is now at this point. Looking you know? down at him now. <laughs> a little bit. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. That that definitely is part of it. And it was very – It was. I remember – because I remember one more day happened. I was – my wife were in the house. I was pretty much ended up staying with her every day. And anyway, I ended up moving in with her. Um. And I remember just being like, Spider-Man, is this a weird transition for me and a weird transition for Spider-Man? I mean, to be quite to be quite honest, but um, this is, you know, this is still pretty fresh into me being returning full time into comics and getting, you know, Civil War era is when I got back in 
and this is when I, and I, so I got back in and they got rid of the marriage right away. And I only, I grew up with the marriage. So, so it was a very interesting time. And it was, uh, I, I'll say this, I wasn't excited about Spider-Man and Mary Jane being separated and, and becoming in the whole one more day thing. Wasn't like my favorite by any means, but I, but because I'm a veteran of, of even by that point, knowing how comic books work in the mainstream market with these, with these franchise characters, I knew that the marriage would either not last or it's just, I, I kind of understood why. And I was, and again, I was in the crawl space when, you know, when you were on there, Zach, and you guys were all yeah. up in arms about all this. And I was kind of in the middle. I kind I understood exactly what you guys, cause I was disappointed too. I love the marriage. Right. I still do. But I never, but I also knew like, okay, I have to evolve with these characters too at the same time. <clears throat> like some people can't, not you. <laughs> somebody else, I'll just leave it there. And this was, this was, and, and to take people back for a second, this was very early part of the show. Like this was 07. Yeah, we, we had started, we had, we were barely celebrated the first year um, of, I remember of the show. And so we got, we got, we got slot. And then, because I, I pulled up my, I pulled up my handy dandy spreadsheet. We got slot, and then, like, the we did our one more day discussion around the holidays, and then the first thing we did was in January. We did we did an interview with Wacker. So I remember um, that. Yeah. And so it, it was. So this is like taking me back, and this was I was, you know just barely starting my second semester of college as a music major. Um, this was, this takes me, this takes me back. Like it's a, it's a, it's a, I, I still have similar problems that I had before. I'm not as angry as I once, as I was when I was in my, 20s. I hope you wouldn't be as angry. Cause I mean, you've got like almost 20 years to like process <laughs> at this point. I mean, well, and I think, I think um, I a lot of my I'll, I'll say this and this kind of spoils it a little bit for later. I don't blame Slot for some of the decisions that are made. I I, I and especially I'm, in this opening arc. So I, let, let's, opening arc. Let, let's get started there then, because and we'll start yeah, with yeah. swing shift. If you want to throw the issue up there for us, uh, Zach, I think you got yeah. Let me, let me let me get the. Uh, um, I, I was having trouble with the damn image, so hang on. We're good, but yeah, go well, ahead, go anyway. ahead and talk. We'll, Go ahead and walk yeah, us through so I think I missed out on this initially. That's why I have I had the director's cut of as do I, I. I missed it on free comic book days. So I this was did some. I think it. I don't know how, but I do have the free comic book day issue. I'm assuming I will take that if you'd like. Because you don't like <laughs> you don't like Dan Slot. I'll take that off your hands. Charge. So we do need to we do need to specify that this 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 was teased, and nobody knew that this was like a tease of like the new direction right it, it's fun. in well, hindsight it makes a lot of, it, it's like oh okay <laughs> yeah well well and, and just for the record i remember i thought free comic book days were just kind of stupid dumb stories and and that was my but because that was my understanding of what i thought it was mm -hmm. um when i got back into comics I didn't realize that they actually like do like cool stuff in them like this and this but this was the first time that a free comic book day issue kind of mattered yeah, Honestly. no, I agree. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I was like, oh, I don't really give a crap about this. So I never got it. And then I found out like, oh, that was Dan Slott's first issue. And it actually ties it. I'm like, damn it. 
So when they did the director's cut, that I had to make sure I bought that issue. As you can see, how the four dollar three ninety nine director's cut. That yeah, the only saving grace of that is the is all the stuff in the back, which includes the the infamous Brevoort manifesto that is highly derided. I only bought it because I needed it for my collection. So, <laughs> but, but um, I mean, to be honest, I mean, but it's it's cool. It has like it has the consistency of of. I, I think that I love the icon of Brandy Day. This one, anyway. I I think that's a cool uh, it, side side dressing. You know, they they started doing that, and it was very brief. And I thought they were going to do that across the line. And and when Brand New May came out, which was kind of a riff on it. They yeah. even did the similar trade dress, which was I thought was a nice touch. Um, so yeah, like, do you want to throw up the issue? Do you have it now? Yeah, uh, yes, I, I finally found where I downloaded it to. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry. Right. it's uploading. All right, there we go. There's the uh, there's the cover. Sorry, yeah, we're, so we pulled the cover from Marvel. Uh, it doesn't have all the trade dress. Okay, yeah, we have we have the other ones though. We're good. So this yeah. came out um, free comic book day and. Uh, to like and and has the first appearance of official appearance of overdrive mm -hmm. and um if we're gonna review this issue i'll just kind of start us off here i think jackpot this is, i think right jackpot you're yeah, right jackpot you're yeah, right i forgot yeah. my jackpot yeah um this is a fine a really this is like a really fun issue i i have no i have no real qualms for this it's it's very if if anything like this really shows you i think dan slot has a really good grasp of the character it's got uh it got it, it has the whole idea of the cops being angry at Spider-Man, um, not trusting him. They're playing off of all the things I think that makes Spider-Man a strong character. And it's it's pretty one and done. You it's you introduce some random things, but it really shows you, I think, slot strength, to be quite honest. I think he does he has a he has a, he has a grasp of the characterization of Spider-Man, in my opinion. Um, and I think it really shows off in this, and you don't really see the single Spider-Man in this. It's and I think that's what's interesting is right. that it's yeah. not the traditional, you know, brand new day book. It's pretty much straight ahead Spider-Man story. And I think it's a pretty dang solid, pretty good, pretty good issue, to be honest. It was one of those things. The, the, the problem I have with this issue is nothing to do with the issue itself. It's how they marketed it because they tried to say that this was like a like a untold tale of Spider-Man. Because they didn't want, because again, this comes out in early 2000, uh, that swing, that free comic book day issue came out in uh, 2007, early, like May of 2007, around the time of Spider-Man 3, in fact, for those that oh, wow. four. So, yeah, uh, that would have been, it was the same weekend that yep. it came out. So, this was like an untold tale of Spider-Man. Nobody knew that this was Dan's kind of semi-audition to jump forward as the as the main writer. Uh, because again, Wacker, and we also, to tie this into Comic Bench too, you guys are covering 52. Wacker yeah. was a huge instrumental Editor. architect of that comic. And that was why he was kind of pulled Cast. from DC. To, right, to, because of this, yeah, right here, because because Brandy Day was going to come out three times a month, and which, by the way, if we mentioned fifty two, we got to mention uh, Keith uh, Giffen, Giffen. I'm not sure again. He yeah, passed Giffen. away today, apparently. Yeah. Let absolute effing yeah. legend, and oh, I, I, I don't want to get. In, yeah, I, I don't want to get too far. Go ahead. 
Well, I saw I saw Demetrius's tribute on Facebook, and it just hit me in the gut, man. I didn't. Yeah. He apparently. <laughs> now his his last. Did you, you want? Did you see the? I saw. Tw- I saw. I saw a tweet. Yeah. That's his brutal. statement was just hilarious, and and you know what? That's the type of thing that he would have done. Which was, I, I, and, and, I told you I was sick. I didn't want to go to New York Comic Con. <laughs> um, you know, I. I, I will say that, you know, what's interesting about the, the whole Whacker and the Keith Giffen thing, it's crazy because, you know, they brought Whacker on because to do this because of 52, which is fan. I don't know if you guys have read 52, but 52 is fantastic. It's so freaking good. And because Stephen Whacker, hate to break it to you. No, Marvel. it's, it, it's, it's no. the writing. But I would say Keith is the probably the reason why that book's so good because his storytelling, he did all the breakdowns of that story. And didn't, you, um, you, didn't Pat Olive do some of the issues too? So he did. He, yeah. But, but, but the, here's what people don't know about it. And again, this all ties back into to this, honestly, because they brought in Wacker because Wacker was instrumental of keeping things flowing. Sure. But he also had the Bain trust of, you know, obviously amazing writers like Mark Wade, Jeff Johns and Jeff Johns is an organized mother effort. You know, the guy, no, he has everything organized really well. Grant Morrison's organized. You have Rucka. You have guys who are really on. Like they have everything nailed down. You you had the you had the A team in terms of writing. Now that. I don't think you need the A team to do what they were doing, but bringing back to Keith, rest in peace. You know, legend. Um, he did all the breakdowns. So meaning they gave him the scripts. He would break down all the pages, and the artists would do off his break for the most part. Like a his rough breakdowns were like, okay, so it wasn't like any thought. I mean, I hate to say it, but like not a lot of thought on their head and be like, here it is. And Keith has kept, you know, he was the middleman. And that's how I think they were able to keep a very steady schedule because the artist didn't have to always be like, what does the art, what does the writer want to do? No, he's got, he's already got the writer artist being like, Hey, here it is. Like do it and make it look good. And yeah, we got to, and if we contrast in, in this, yeah. if we contrast it with Brand New Day, it was they took a one writer, one artist. You got three books. You got three books. You got three books, and it kind of, and they all had like a big old giant email chain that they were constantly talking. But if you if you go and read the Brand New Day era again, this is not a criticism of slot necessarily. This is a criticism of. Yeah. the circumstances with it it was very inconsistent tonally it was yes. inconsistent the artwork was highly inconsistent between artists because you got somebody that's highly detailed and, and phil jimenez and uh mcniven here in the first arc versus a chris Pachalo and uh who was the four uh marcus martin marcos martin like that, those are very different yeah. art styles. If you had gotten somebody like just pulling examples, if you'd gotten like a Mike Ringo and a Todd knock and a Ron friends together as your, as your artists, that there is enough like tonal consistency between those artists that it looks semi-consistent. Whereas. Well, uh, yeah. You, you've got yeah. four different, completely different art styles here. So it, it it's interesting because I can I can agree to that to an extent because 
in 52, which again, you guys should read 52. It's, it's, it is, I don't have as much DC knowledge as I do as Marvel stuff, as you guys know. And I am just, it's, it's both well-written and very informative of the universe. It's great world building or world or world like teaching, you could say. And, um, and the artist to your credit, Zach, to what you're saying, it's very much like that where they have a, like Pat Olive, they have Joe Bennett, they've got, um, oh my God, I'm, I'm not as familiar yeah. with their later day, Joe Bennett. You look at Joe Bennett in the nineties and he's, <laughs> he's like a, um, Mike Diodato clone. But uh, right. But the thing is like, those artists are all somewhat in the wheelhouse of each other. Mm -hmm. And I think that, and I never felt when there, I knew there was a different artist, I never was taken out of it. And I think that I, but I do also, but I'll be honest. I like some of the ideas they have of, of going for different artists too. Like Marcus, we'll, we'll get, we'll get into. So, yeah. um, so going, so yeah. So going from swing shift, do you want to say anything else about swing shift? Uh, no, uh, I, I think the artwork's pretty really good. Uh, I think, you yeah. know, Phil Jimenez, the only thing I don't like about Phil Jimenez's Spider-Man is his eyes. I never felt like he could yeah. get the eyes down. Uh, the rest of his artwork is phenomenal. His faces are great. It's very much a uh, George Perez, and I know that's his biggest influence, uh, but it's like, what if George Perez was drawing Amazing Spider-Man and, and Phil Jimenez did a great job? Uh, just, I never did like his eyes and it was, yeah. it's, it's probably the biggest bummer for me because the rest of it, like, it's like 99% of his, of his Spider-Man's great, except the eyes. And that's pretty pivotal. The eyes, you, you can see through the yeah. soul, you know, I mean, and, and, you it, can't, and, and yeah. And then when it's just a little askew, it's like, ah. Uh, yeah, I think you know what's funny. I never like gravitated towards his art for Spider-Man, and that's I think that's a big reason why it was lies. I think you're on the money on that. Yeah, um, you know, you look at the covers he did and stuff like that, like the cover he did with Peter dressed as Daredevil. Like, it looks great because it's not it's not got the eyes, man. It's it's him yeah. drawing the Daredevil costume. I'm like, oh, he, you know, he would have nailed it. Yeah. A Daredevil. Part. Adam, what do you anything you want to add there? I mean, it, you know, it was okay. I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a very, it's a very inoffensive, inoffensive story where Peter's going to get a, a cake, and then right. the over the overdrive. I I almost said override, different character. Uh, I always slip that. I always I always mess that up. How dare you slip that? Um, but I will say this: I thought he was goofy at the time. The, the whole premise of the character was Pip My Ride. God, that's very Which dated, is such a dated-ass reference now. <laughs> but, but Spencer made him interested. Yeah. He did. Spencer, Spencer, Spencer gave, got, yeah, I mean, he. I miss, I miss, I'll be honest, I miss Nick Spencer's Spider-Man. I yeah, love man. that run. Yep. I love it. Besides I, the last year, I, I you know. I, I, I yeah, even last, then, there was still strong points. The last year was just, it just wasn't as consistent. Because that's when exactly. I think all, all the, I think all the shit was going. We we all theorized that, that was when all the shit was going down. So That's yeah. when, you know, the editorial fingerprints started getting in there. Well, uh, but I think because because of him himself too. But I we digress. Yeah, no, um, no, that's that. He, look, we could we could spend a whole hour on that. But anyway, do you do you want to throw up the issue five forty six? The infamous. <laughs> Here we go, bam! Right so, there. Whoa! All right. So I'm. Starts if you don't here. mind, if you don't mind, I'm going to start us off here because yeah. I I, I got to talk about this a little bit. 
you know, when I listen to you guys just rip this thing to shreds back in the day, that's what it felt like. It's been a long time. But I remember just being like, I, cause, cause I, I wasn't, again, I was in the middle. I, I was not one or the other, but because of you guys were so hateful on it, on the crawl space back in the day, you know, like just, be like, this is the worst thing I've ever got. You know, I remember being like, I think they're being a little harsh. And I, I kind of gravitated towards the opposite of like supporting it because I didn't like how like everyone was only on one side. It just kind of was like, man, it's, 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 it's not as, it's not as cut and dry in my opinion back then. And re and we'll go to issue by issue. I don't think it's the same. I don't, I still feel that way now, but I will say this, um, you know, Zach, you nailed it that, a lot of the problems in this comic specifically, I want to say this comic specifically, are not Dan Slott's fault. No. And I feel that a lot of the things you got that were held against Slot were because of this arc, and especially in this issue. And he was the scapegoat for a lot of frustration because Dan Slott, one, is supporting, he's going to support his, his bosses because he's writing the story. He's going to do what he's going to do what his editors tell him, which is that's that's what every writer does. And and he believes, but I think ultimately he believes in what he's writing. I mean, yeah. that's the thing, man. Like if you can't believe in what you're writing, then what the hell are you writing the book for? And I I think that he became. I mean, listen, I think Wacker and and I will say Wacker and Slot did not do themselves any favors back in the day either. I don't no. want to get into that because we're we're judging it on the merit of the writing of itself. I think that this first comic is not great. But it's because mm -hmm. Dan Slott was forced to put a lot of stuff in there and set up. This comic is basically like, here's the ultimate setup book. If you haven't been writing or reading Spider-Man in 20 years because he's been married, here you go. And it's like, how many people are you going to get on the book because of that? Maybe like 100? Maybe? Um, I, I say that because it, it this book was very much like in your face. And I could see why... You guys didn't like this. I, even then, I could I I understood yeah. then, yeah. but I could as reading it now. I'm like, yeah, man, it's just. But this is not Slot's fault. I don't blame Slot for this at all. Um, and I that's just my opinion. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Um, like I said a minute ago, the problems I have with this book are number one, um, it's trying to be a reboot without being a reboot. Yeah, And I think that that is a flawed premise in the Marvel Universe. You can get away with that with DC at times, right? We saw that yeah. with the one year later stuff in, during the 52, and then the 52 was kind of filling in that gap of what happened in that year. Because now, because of the schedule, Spider-Man has to be on an island. Yeah. Um, he It suddenly doesn't feel like it's connected to the rest of the Marvel universe in a similar manner to what they did with Maggie Byrne when they did the reboot then. Yeah. Um, except they, they tried to actively incorporate the rest of the Marvel universe very early on in the Maggie Byrne reboot, as opposed to here where it's, it feels like it's on this Island, the reality slap where he's macking on some random ass chick. Um, which was that, that was a, that was a Casada note. That was added. Again, not Dan Slott's fault. Um, that was a bad they call. Wanted, a they bad wanted call. to, 
they wanted to reinforce that this is not your this is not the spider-man that you've been reading and that's where i think i'm gonna i'm gonna totally agree with you i i think i i was gonna say when i was reading these comics i i, I this makes sense here because we're i'm gonna get into the other issues for a second just for a second the opening scene of of like they kind of mirror each other i think that's cute i thought it was played well but <laughs> i think it was the problem is it was that the the detriment of of this issue particularly and saying f you to every spider-man fan that loves the marriage and i think that mm. there's a lot i i think if i'm if i'm going if i'm okay i i i i I pride myself, my wife, to my much to my wife's chagrin, as a people person. <laughs> Understands people. Doesn't mean I'm always doesn't mean they're always gonna like me or I'm gonna like them or whatever, right? But I consider myself a people person and I understand the a lot of collective ideas. And I'm not I'm not the brightest guy in the world, but I'm not effing dumb either. Uh putting that kiss of, of a different woman on the first page was one a giant slap to fans yeah. uh it's not respecting it's not i mean it's the same thing but it's not respecting the fans and you're not just all of that you're forcing an issue no pun intended of you know right off the bat and it's it sticks out like a sore thumb it comes mm -hmm. off really bad if even even if it doesn't offend you right it's so obvious and so like just yes. so especially with, especially with the discourse at the time especially exactly. with the past five years of casada constantly every single friday whether it was joe fridays at newsarama or joe fridays at, uh, on CBR. Uh, cbr like yeah. he was he was pounding this drum for like several years that he hated the marriage he was basically trying to give you a dissertation as to why the marriage is not you know, something that he likes. And it, it, it just stirred up so much controversy that when we got here, it was kind of like Casada doing his victory lap. Yeah. And then, and then <laughs> first page is him macking on a chick. And then the next splash page is a guy in a Spider-Man mask <laughs> with a gun pointed at the reader saying, shut the fuck up and give me, give me your money. That those two things that's that's where i'm like if i'm because nobody had the wherewithal to say hey you're you're coming off of a very controversial story by having spider-man make a deal with the marvel equivalent of satan and now a i i push back on that by the way i push back on that uh well you're coming off of one more day and then like two weeks later Hey, yes, brand new day, that. and you've got the you know the the timing was very very short it, and very. It felt very like short. a troll. It felt yes. like a troll. Oh, yeah, it, does. it definitely and, does. And, sure. and, and, and not in a playful way. It's in a, like you know I I you do you'll you'll do you'll do it and like it kind of way. Mm. And it's like that's not how you yeah. win over people. And no. I I think that that's that. And honestly, Dan Slott took the brunt of it. I'll be honest because he's a writer. He, he supported it as he should. He scripted and I think it. that, yeah, and he scripted it. And I think his script is poor for it, to be honest. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say it's because he's a terrible writer. It's because he was forced to handle it a certain way. And it's so obvious that it comes off as not as good as he normally does. But 
I would say this is not a great issue by itself. I would, I, in retrospect, I liked it more probably then because I'm like, oh, it's exciting. It's new. It's a brand new day. <laughs> um, but it, it wasn't the worst thing I ever read by any means, but it's, it, this is definitely, I could see why this pissed off a lot of people. And I, I definitely disagree with how they handled it both in the press and with you guys back in the day, but also how it was written and handled here. It's not a great issue. The art's phenomenal. I think the art's great. It, listen, uh, the line work I love is, the character. is exquisite. The fact that they brought McNiven in to do these first three issues made it feel like a big deal. Like, because he was known for the events, right? He, you know, especially coming off the Civil War, he's the hottest artist. And bringing him in to kind of... It was such a tonal shift. Yeah. Especially coming off of JMS that I think it's very jarring. And I think it just left... when you When you read these three issues you're left with a lot of questions that yeah. are beyond what's on the page. It, it, I, I 1000% agree. And I think that that's where that was the mistake that was made was they took soul. And it's a very similar mistake to what we're seeing right now. And with, with Wells where it a little bit, I, yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying though. Yeah. 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 To, to, to understand what was okay what what where does this fit you know for those that are somewhat continuity minded you don't know what's you're very disoriented you feel like you're coming in the yeah. middle of the story instead of the beginning of a story well and, and i'm go ahead sorry, i'm sorry and, and that that making out with the chick and then the 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 spider mugger you know you're like wait and, and Spider-Man's not been seen for months and okay. Yeah. Like why? And then, you know, outside of one sighting, which the one sighting being the swing shift story, um, you know, okay. So Spider-Man's been gone for all this time. And, and, and it also felt like a big regression with Peter being back with Aunt May and the mm -hmm. way Aunt May was yeah. being written here. And it's like, man, why, you know, why are we going back to 1975? Exactly. Actually, it it's it's very nineteen. It's very you know. And as somebody that's 70s. reading that era right now, and that's been reading a lot, like I'm about to, I'm gonna catch up on spec. Uh, like I'm in that era with my read through on Amazing. Oh yeah, like, I know, it's, I know like, what you mean. It, it's like them trying to. It's it's them being the 1970s cover band. Totally, and not, and not doing it well. <laughs> well, let's. Let's move to 547 and 548. We'll just kind of mm -hmm. kind of we'll, we'll kind of wrap yeah. and talk about the whole run here in a second. Um, like overall, because it's pretty interchangeable. I so yeah. that being said, I as a as a reread, not my favorite, you know, of issue, I'll say. Mm -hmm. But 540, I would say 547, 548 are much better, and I enjoy them a lot, actually. I think these are pretty solid Spider-Man issues because that's the thing I want to get to this point. You I mean, as as hard as it is. And this is why I think this, this whole show idea is really fun because it kind of forces you guys who aren't as into it, like Zach and, and Adam or Adam, who maybe hasn't read some of this stuff yet. It kind of forces you to look at it as much as in a vacuum as possible because it's, it's, it's almost impossible to do, but it kind of makes you look at it instead of like, how is this connected to the story going for? It's like, you can just look at it as here's this, here's this arc of three issues, right? Like how, how does it work together? 
Not like, I don't like single Spider-Man. It's stupid. I don't like this. I mean, like, cause you don't have that hanging over your head. Cause yeah, either you've gotten over it or you're, you know what I mean? Like it's whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious if it's I'm like, right or wrong. we had, or we had Nick Spencer recently and that kind of took the edge off. I, I will <laughs> exactly. tell you right now, these two issues read so much better now. Oh, cool. And I'll say this, Good. I'll say, I'll say one of the reasons why. Okay, because now that these characters, the, the devil's breath, the uh, Mr. Negative, the demons have been adapted in the PS4 game. I forgot that they introduced that in this arc. So when I wasn't, I ex I wasn't expecting that. Devil's Breath, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, I was so like, oh, I thought maybe they going, made that oh, up they, for the game. Yeah, they they literally pulled that from this arc. I totally forgot about that. So I'm like, okay, and that's one of the better elements. And yes, Christos Gage being involved with the game too, I think helps as as the lead writer, sure. who was a part of all of this. Um. Mr. So, it was me all along. Sorry, I love, <laughs> I'll always go back to that gif of, of Vince that I did when we were talking about this Pick Spencer's run. Sorry. Oh, oh, uh, when, when <laughs> it was me all along. <laughs> when he's revealed as the higher power, it's me. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Or he was like, or he's the one actually writing the like. Nick Spencer finished up the right. It, 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 it was me all along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's it. No, it's great. No. no if there's not a wrestling reference in something that I do in at least a couple of times a year, sure. Then I don't feel complete. And so thank yeah. you. Uh, well, and, and so I, and actually, <laughs> I please, please, Oh God. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, so um, I, I just want to say that actually warms my heart. Like my devil's breath heart, you could say, because Jeez. I, I would, <laughs> Your poisoned I, I, heart. <laughs> I, I I kind of forgot about that too a little bit. I'm like, oh yeah, like I I, I knew I I and I want to say that too. Can you throw up the page, um, that I put of like Spider-Man crashing into the where he meets Mister Negative? I think for the first time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This is this is I actually have this, in, in like a like a for like a like a framed page format from like I got it from like a, it's like it's from Home Goods or something like that. But like, <laughs> but it's missing the dialogue, and it's no. just McNevin's layout. And it's like really freaking cool. And I love, I love this layout. It's just so good. And it like, I got to tell you, like Dan Slott doing Marvel style is probably tedious to an extent, but I, I get, I'm going to tell you, you're not going to get as dynamic with this kind of like a writer is never going to write like this. I'm sorry. Unless you're sure. a writer artist, no, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, and I love it. I, I love it. This is so good. Like, and those who don't know Marvel style is he gives, you know, the plot of the page, uh mcnevin or the artist writes you know draws a sketch of what he's gonna do or, or she's gonna do and then writer goes cool they write it they, they draw it and then the writer goes over and writes a dialogue a la stanley steve ditko jack kirby etc etc so um yeah. this is dynamic and i like this no writer is gonna write like this since you're an artist writer and i just love it so but i want to say that i I, I liked Mr. Negative off the bat. And I think that's a big reason why I like Brand New Day because I thought it was cool. It's a little, again, a little forced to have all new villains every arc. That being said, Mr. Negative definitely has outshined all of them, obviously, even before the game. Um, and I've always I, I liked... Think, I think he was... Well, he's the one that showed up the most consistent after this arc and always yeah 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 well not and only that they, but they, I thought they've, interesting. they've kept using him they kept yeah. using him with him being a crime lord you it, it, was, it was 
him being a crime lord seamlessly integrated with what the classic sure. street level stuff. And I will say mm-hmm. this, that part of it after you just had Peter Parker living in the Avengers tower for an extended period of time prior to civil war. That's not Peter Parker. That's not your, that's not your classic Peter Parker. So, so by doing a street level story to start, I think was the, was the right idea. And, and bringing, because at the end of the day, the whole premise of brand new day was to try to bring back Spider-Man to his roots. Yeah. Um, Whether you agree with the way we got there or not, that's two different things. But yeah. at least, and we kind of saw that similarly with the start of the Spencer run, bringing him back to his roots. Well, and I'm, I feel like we're starting to see that now with Wells in this second year where we're getting more street level stuff. When we do the street level stuff with Spidey, it really works much better than all these, you know, into the world plots where, the, where nothing's going to ever be the same again. I, I, I'm, I, I, Again, I want I don't want I want to argue that point, but I I disagree to an extent. I think I agree and disagree at the same time. If that makes any sense, so I, I think you agree with the premise that street level Spidey is better, right? Uh, depends on the story. There's some oh, street yeah, level yeah. stuff that, that would okay. suck, and there's some like, end of the world stuff that I really like. You know, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that there's be- that all the, end of the so. Let me be clear: not all the street level stuff's good. I agree with you on that. Not all the end of the world stuff's bad, but it feels like that it constantly, especially with the JMS era where it was Peter more expanded in the, in the general Marvel universe, him kind of being in his own niche. I understand. I, I, it's a dislike, but it's also an understandable thing that they did. I understand it. Right. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a great point. And I think that I think Dan slot should get more credit for this arc. In my opinion, I guess this is me. I'm curious if Adam and you guys can and uh, can agree or kind of chime in on this after I explain myself, because I forgot about the tablet too. Because <laughs> you brought in like a mega deep cut, like because I because I don't think I had read the tablet a time at that point. So oh. I was just like I, I it kind of everything kind of went, you know. So and then I, I had the I had the volume four essential. Okay, so I've read so I, the tablet a time which has that it's, it's the tablet of time. It's the right, the issue. And it ends right before, um, uh, when so it's like, it covers everything from 70, like from night from 70, all the way up until 90. Mm-hmm. And so I had read that many a times, obviously seen it in the 90 show. Um, they did an adaptation of that story in the 90 show, baby uh, Silverman, which was whole, unintentionally hilarious. <laughs> um, oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. The 90 show adapted a lot of classic stories. It did. And it so very well, uh, this also leads to some criticism. I have a slot where it's continuity sure. porn. It feels like really, it's okay. not as bad here. This is not an egregious example of it. When we get later on where, did you know Marla Jameson made Spider Slayers, and he has to mention it every time she shows up? I, I, I honestly, that's, that's so, almost that's almost like a uh, and part of that. Way- I blame you, Josh. I know you're going to be listening to this episode <laughs> later on. So, Bertoni, this is that's your fault. That the you way you describe it, yeah. The way you describe that, it it sounds like just a 
what they do what they did like pre 2000s where like a character shows up and it's like oh that's my best friend harry osborne like his father <laughs> was the green goblin I, you know? it, but but see I, I i go back to the jim shooter method where it's like every issue is somebody's first issue well and sure I, that's what it, i'm saying like yeah 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 thank you yeah 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 thank you yeah, uh, sorry i mean i, I just think there's a, there was a little like and i agree with you on that paul philosophically i think there's a more subtle way of doing it and slot never mastered that subtlety well, it's because I, was... I think I think his. It seems to me like honestly, his wheelhouse is kind of the older stuff. Exactly, yeah. he yeah, does. He does the Marvel I, method. I do like, he I did do the like... Spidey Human Torch thing. Yeah, I think his like doing stuff more akin to the past is kind of because he you know grew up with it and stuff like that's uh, you know maybe where he's more comfortable. I I, I recall Donovan saying that Slot was trying to be Stanley. He was writing sure. I could see that. Maybe. I, Maybe. I, I Maybe. I can see it. I can see that he's he's because his dialogue is very bombastic and it's very attempting to try to replicate that. I, I would I and this is not like a I'm, when I say this, I'm not trying this is not a slam on slot. This is not a like detriment. This is not me trying to be cute or funny, but and I and this is not always the case. This is not this is not the but it, there's gonna be some, you know, exceptions. But I would say subtlety is not Dan Slott's strong suit as like a name. And, and, and I don't mean that as I do not mean that as a negative by any means. I, I think Slot, he likes to throw things at your face and have fun with it. And I think there's that's why I like his writing, to be quite honest, because it, everything is, is at face value. You're not trying to be too cute, in my opinion. Like, I don't think that as being too cute. I think he's be, he's having fun with the continuity because that's how Dan Slott's personality is, and and that's just maybe because yeah. I know not I don't know him at all, but just seeing him interact with people in person, he's kind of a fun personality. He, that's just who he is. He wants to just yeah, like like I think people could read that as like, okay, man, I get it. You have spider slayers, you know, and I think that there is maybe there, but at the same time, this is a twenty-two page comic book, you know. It's I also I know, I, look, and going back to the interview that we did with him he was so jovial and so nice and so such, and, yeah. and and he came across as a fan that 100 is a fan because he is a fan and it sucks to a standpoint from a certain standpoint that the internet has kind of browbeat him down at times it, it, you know what and it, i and I, I take some responsibility being a part of that site at that time and the toxicity was was it wasn't one-sided i'll just say that i'm gonna say in this and i would say this in this i've i've been guilty of this myself so this is not me a detriment i'm not trying to slam any creator that's on the line and defends himself what's to say this pride causes people to do crazy things yes. and when you hurt pride people react and become it backed in a corner and they react. And that's that I am guilty of that more than anyone. And I think when you get, you put fans in a corner, if you put creators in a corner, you put anyone in a corner, fight or flight happens and you and say some really messed up stuff. And for, I everyone, mean, when, when he, when he, when he told, look I, there, I mean, there was a, there, the lowest point I think for him online, I think was uh, I, where a guy was just being an absolute dick. To, towards slot the guy was not in the right but then slot 
Slot made the mistake of you, you and I know who Herm Edwards is. Herm Edwards has a, has a saying, don't press send. Write it all out, but don't press send. Because yeah. once you press send, it's there forever. And Slot told a guy to go blank, blank himself. And that Slot was not in the right. Okay. I mean, at the same then, time, yeah. he had been, that had been something that had been building in, in, in him for a long time. And it was not a good moment on Slot's part, but I look at it much differently now than I did back then. I, I was outraged. It was a whole big thing. We made it a whole big thing. It was not professional, but in an era of mistakes, yeah, everybody makes those mistakes. And I think that to, to think that he should be, you know, completely perfect. I think, I think is, is a mistake because we are unfailingly human. All of us. And I, and I think that Dan, you know, um, Dan is, you know, just like us. He's he's just, he's he's just a guy uh, that's that's completely human. I again, to, to wrap this arc up, yes. Um, I think the artwork is great. I don't remember if this plot element went anywhere, which is the Spider-Man gives his blood to Mister Negative. I don't recall. I, I it, dude, it, I think it does, but it's. I mean, I don't know. It's been a long time. Is that the thing I, that people talk about, where like Black Cat of this era ended up getting it or something? I, that may have, that may end up. With, I, the, that was also some of the problems that was with the. Well, we're gonna find out eventually, right? Because Black Cat shows, you know, Dan Slott. <laughs> Maybe. You know? Yeah. Well, the, well, we'll see. We'll we'll see. Yeah. But what, I, I'm not worried about the plot device because we all know, like, because he's sharing writing duties. We don't know. He may not even he he might might not even be the one that wraps it up. I, I will say this: Slot. Every time he wrote, it felt like he was doing more to advance the plots than the rest of the writers were. Oh, one thousand percent. Mark Guggenheim, I think, was probably the next one. Guggenheim right? was him. number two, and he was the honestly. If I was to rank them, I mean, Guggenheim was probably number one. Genuinely, really? I didn't. I didn't like. I did not like the jackpot arc. But most of the other stuff he did, this, the Flash arc, I think, is one of the best issues that came out of that decade. Well, for sure, that was great. Um, it, it's probably the, one of the best issues the, uh, of it, the 2010s. And last thing I want to say about the, can you throw up 548 for me real quick? Um, I think yeah. that if you look at these covers, like 540, 547, which I got right here, which we looked at already, and yeah. then 548, these are the covers that we need to be have more of. Like this, is, sure. these are fantastic. These yeah, are fantastic covers. McNevin kills it, and I, I think this arc's solid. I, I really do. Besides that pretty bad first issue, I think this is pretty fun. Spider Man. I love the creation of Mister Negative and Martin Lee's connection with Aunt May. Yeah, that is no, I like genius, that brilliant. The feast, and I, the feast is the feast center is I think a great great plot point. Well, it and, survived and I, this long, right? Well, it, and it gives. With its existence, the thing about Aunt May is if you were going to bring her back, you got to give a reason for the character existing beyond just being the reminder of, of Uncle Ben's um, death, right? Yeah. The yeah. Feast Center gives purpose. Now we've seen the Feast Center not only adapted in the game, it's been adapted in the MCU. 
Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's it's something that is a core element now to Aunt May's character. And and it again, I don't like Aunt sense. May. I have been on record saying I don't like Aunt May. But if we're going to have her, you gotta give her something to effing do. And the fee yeah. center does that. And again, I think that to, to circle back on the on the trade dress that you talked about, the fact that element I really like. The fact that we got letters pages in these in these books, something that we had not seen pretty much throughout the entirety of the JMS run. Because I don't know if Axel Alonso didn't like doing it. I don't know because he was the main editor before. Uh, also, Steve Wacker was the editor on um, the last few months of of Friendly Neighborhood, and I think he was the one that said yes to the. Uh, infamous jonah issue that i helped inspire fun fact so i can't hate steve wacker forever um also (laughs) he was super nice to us in in 2011 uh but i love the trade dress i think it's classic bringing back the old school logo i thought was is a good thing i the letters pages are a good thing again nothing to do with slot but it does make it feel more classic yeah and uh so we'll move on adam anything you want to add on this by the way I have a couple things. One, please, I wanted please, please. to say, Paul was like, oh, I don't know how many people you're going to get with this reboot, you know, the, the issue. So I looked at Comicron, and apparently this issue, the 546, it sold about, like, wait, what is it? It's like about 4,000 more copies than the one more day issue but, before but it was also about, like, it was 3, 000, about three thousand, yeah but so it, that it, i just wanted to, i just want to put yeah. that out there like it did it did there was a bit of a, a sales bump probably because of promotion of course but promotion, you know just wanted, stuff just wanted I, to put I, that I out there well, there I, being a lot of variants on this either oh um, yeah well and because they were still there they were scared to do any variants you know and and special covers because of the 90s right they're still fresh off that pretty much they're only 10 yeah. years away under 10 years um I will say this shows you that you don't have to do a number one issue yeah. to get people to buy your book and get an increase of 4,000 people. Cause if you promote it right. And I think also now, Nightwing or Nightwing by, by Tom Taylor is another example. That book's doing really well. It was like on issue 70. Yeah. You, you know, I mm-hmm. you know, go ahead. You, go ahead, you bring it, you bring in, you do what they've always done prior to the nineties and you bring in a, a good writer and a good artist and you do some promotional work to it and there and people will pick it up and you and if you let people know hey this is a good jumping on point you don't need to insult the intelligence of the reader the other thing that i'll also say about that too is there was a lot of like the inertia of we're comparing the the jms run sales to the amazing sales and in fact jms ended up using a really poorly skewed uh graph at one point where him and mark wade got in a pissing contest on facebook is a whole thing um yeah, you can look it up i think it's called fanboy mayhem and it's like uh it was chronicled on uh, bleeding cool it's a whole cluster but if you compare the three issues of amazing spider-man versus amazing spider-man friendly neighborhood and more uh sensational you look at the the sales numbers of those three verse and you go by month by month sales the issues were a l- eventually became a little less but when you combine the other two and the overall sales they all st- stayed fairly stable like surprised once, me. 
once the there was people that did drop the book because they just didn't want to pick up Amazing Spider-Man three times a month. And there was a lot of people that didn't like the direction of the books. So that those two things happened. But once it stabilized, it stayed the same. It was probably around 60, 65, 70,000. Then it would get bumps whenever they started doing more variant covers and stuff like that. Obviously, we're in the early days of Brand New Day when we're talking here. So that's not happening as much. But imagine now. Oh, my God. Uh I remember the new ways to die variant covers. That's when they first brought in, I think, uh, Alex Ross. One of my favorite ones was when he did the, just the Green Goblin uh, head from New Ways to Die. And then he did also a Venom one that was really, really good by Alex Ross. So anyway, that's neither here nor there. Let's get to the next uh, arc. Well, my, my one last... Yeah, yeah, I have a yeah. question, actually, because I, I think... Because no one's... Well, I guess... Well, anyway... Um, I think my least favorite part of this arc was how they used the Parker luck. Um, yeah. And I wanted, too, I just wanted to, nose. I wanted to throw that out to you guys. Cause like, I didn't like, Oh, he yells at Jonah and Jonah has a heart attack. And I was like, Oh my God. So and that, like, and then, that wasn't, I, I didn't, that didn't, I didn't, didn't mind that as much. Well, I, I just, I, I also, thought that was, it's like, Oh my God, he's going to be like, Oh, it's all my fault. I yelled at him and he got a heart attack. And you know, this, like this, this also brings up a overall point. And again, this goes against more of the editorial belief than slots writing. There's a fundamental, there was a fundamental misunderstanding of the Parker luck. The Parker luck is built on irony. It's not built on bad shit happening to Peter Parker all the time. Well, that's also because I think Sam Ramy, like honestly, in in, in uh, movie two, he yes. really he went way overboard, and it worked aesthetically. I think it's annoying still to this day. I think it's way too much even then. I but think people, it works for the the movie itself. But, yeah, the movie know. itself because you can't, you don't have months and months and months of buildup of bad things happen to Peter. You have to right. do them all in this in a montage or yeah, like yeah. A, a span yeah. of like two minutes yes. And, yes and so but then like you have editorial being like oh people understand that's what how we have to take like, no this is not like i remember being like this is way too much like this is not peter parker like any other and also I've read the other thing too him running out of web sh- web fluid that became such it was so egregious because they were so like trying to hammer the point home because again for context for those that don't know before Brand New Day, Peter was using organic webs because because of the Raimi films, because they wanted corporate synergy. They wanted Peter Parker to have organic webs and a really bad story by Paul Jenkins <laughs> um, where he be- basically gave birth to himself as a spider. And so at the end of that story, he, got, he gains or- organic webbing. They were like trying to hammer the point home that Peter Parker's web shooters are back and that he does not have organic webs. And guess what? They never explained how he no longer had organic webs. I was going to say. <laughs> well, I, I thought it was because of the other. No, he that was after the other. The no, other gave the, the other gave him like um some spikes. other some they other gave yeah like that. The spikes were the other, but the organic webs predated. No, 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 no. I, I know, I know, but how I would explain it is the other. Like when he got rebirthed, it like took away his 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 uh but like, he was still using you know, his organic webs after that, though. That's the problem. Was he? Yeah. Well, you, uh, yeah. So it was. Uh, it was one of those. It, it's it, 
It's like if we don't explain it, people will probably just forget. It's magic. We don't have to explain did. it. Which, which I've made that joke for a long time. That was not. That was a paraphrase of a conversation that JMS put out. I don't think anybody ever said, including Casada, it's magic. We don't have to explain it. It was a paraphrase of a conversation. I've made that joke a lot, but I, I just. Yeah. Yeah. Discourse. This is this is going to be a longer episode where we're not talking so much about the issues themselves as the discourse because we're trying to give you the context and we're trying to get you back there. Well, and I think there's I think these issues for the most part are pretty inoffensive. I think for, at this point, um, yeah. in my opinion, I think we um, I think we'll, we've hammered home the, the 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 most blatant issues about these. About yeah. These. So and, and and to answer your question really quick, Adam, I, I do think that that there was an emphasis of that Parker Luck in this with not just a slot with all the right again editorial yeah. Yeah. being the main the main problem here, but. But going into six forty or excuse me five excuse me five fifty nine, which is the first appearance of maybe the most annoying character of all time, <laughs> football, um, the character that I hated in the games, I hated well, her in the games, I hated. Well, her you know here. what's, it, I you know what's funny is I don't think she's a great character, but I think, I I think there's a place for her in Spider Man, but just it just yeah it. I don't know. Like she's kind of ahead of her time to be quite honest. I mean, sure, yeah. Okay. This is something that I'll say about slot in terms of the creation of this character. You got to think about this, this character and this comic came out or the first comics that we just talked about came out within weeks of the original iPhone being announced. Wow. The iPhone hadn't even dropped yet. So the smartphone as we knew it did not exist. However, you had things like Vine and you had things like YouTube in its infancy and MySpace and Facebook. Those all existed. So, and I think Twitter hadn't even been brought up yet. So Twitter didn't come out to all nine. So again, for people, for context here, Vine was like the most popular, it was the TikTok of its time. And so live streaming and live blogging is some, and the, the story elements that are brought here are smart. I just think that screwballs annoying as hell. I, I mean, obviously that's kind of, it's, it's kind of a purpose, right? Yes. I mean, she's supposed and, to be and, over the top. And I would say that I kind of wish there'd be more. I, I thought they'd actually do more with her to be quite honest than, than what they did. I, it feels like it, it do, they don't they're afraid to do more with her to for the sake of not ruining the character but you know what i mean like it, that's what it feels like we don't want to like she's not the character you want to go deep with even a little bit i thought there might be some learning from spider-man and maybe i'm forgetting an arc or something yeah. but i feel like she's always played as like this obnoxious person when i, I which i don't mind obnoxious characters and this is and that sounds weird to say She's not like my favorite character. I don't hate her guts. Like I think you guys all hated her back in the day, but like, yeah, uh, but, and then the video games did not help me. Unlike Mr. Negative, where the video game helped endear me more towards Mr. Negative. This had the opposite effect because I hated those missions. uh, Cause they just felt that were very repetitive, which is a problem with the character. When she does show up, it's the same note. There is no, it's like it's like playing middle C on a piano, and you're got a toddler, and that's the only thing that they're t- that they're pounding on on a piano. You know what I mean? That's 
that's accurate. That's accurate. But uh, it, it, from a musician standpoint, you understand that. Like it's like yes, just yes. you're hitting middle C, and that's all. And that's that's screwball. That's well, just her in a nutshell. Now, now that being said, I, I think that this. I think to me, this shows you. I think slots. I think in these three issues here, which is five fifty nine, five sixty, and five sixty one. Um, uh, did that? We didn't. I didn't read that issue. The one we just showed me. I I didn't read that one. Five forty nine. Oh, that's Guggenheim. That's the wrong one. <laughs> How be. dare you? Okay, yeah. good. I'll make sure I didn't screw up that up. Yeah. Um, I I thought this arc is 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 um maybe not as good as I. If you take off five forty uh eight six, I think it's probably a stronger arc than these three issues. But that being said. It's a very entertaining, I think, Spider-Man story, but there's a couple major issues with it. Um, you're obviously you're pushing plot forward with Dexter Bennett and that whole thing. I like the idea of Spider-Man, Peter Parker, evolving his photography skills, like trying to figure that out. Like, I think Dan Slott had a good grasp of all that. I think you know, you know, juxtapose, juxtapose, uh, juxtapose. Oh my God, I can't talk today. Uh, juxtapose. Um, this with like his real like with screwball and with what's going on it just it was it this to me felt like parker luck after we had got brand new day for a while and then kind of settle in this felt more like a natural way of doing parker luck to me because you had him just like oh i gotta take i gotta be a, a national inquirer photographer now great my boss you know there was some natural progression of the character of like annoying peter parker's life without with with like the irony aspect what you were talking about zach mm-hmm. i think that, that dan slot plays well on and then you add marcos martin's beautiful layouts if you want to throw I, a layout i threw it to you that'd be awesome um, the art is so good <laughs> oh my god it's so good like i, mean, I, I do have one. i do have i do have a problem with one of the more infamous parts to the art um, i already think i already know which one you're going to talk about but we'll get to that in a second but but uh oh, yeah, I, knew, I knew it i knew <laughs> you were saying that, that man, i knew it's it so bad uh it's but again, not great it's not great from a, from a standpoint great. this is the first appearance for everybody context key here this is the first appearance of mary jane in a comic since one more day so we're going since oh before yeah but I, I think I sent you another one where it's Spider-Man, like it's like him on a on a ledge from Marcos Martin, I think. Um, no, um, yes, that right there. Yeah. Um, this is fantastic. Like yeah. this to me is Ditko, like evolved. Like sure. and this, yeah. this is and Ditko not... meets Europe. Europe. It's like a Europe. Yeah, meets yeah exactly. <laughs> and it beautiful. helps that you have Javier Rodriguez doing the breakdown, like doing the inks on it too, oh, over, over Martin's so work. And again, like, Martin, Martin had done some stuff, but this is the first time you really got to see him. And I, I, I remember, con- and if you go back and you listen to those old episodes of Crawl Space, I distinctly said this was like the love child of 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 Steve Ditko. This is yeah, and I, I think that Dan Slott, I think, really shines with an artist like this. It's really yes. you know, uh, and, I, and that's why I think they probably had a good chemistry together. Um, it's why right. his final issue was drawn by Martine. I think. It, right, you know. right, right. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. Um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this here. There's not much to say about this other than, um, we'll get to the major stuff, obviously, which you already kind of hinted at. Um, if you want to throw up five sixty, um, that'd be great. So I'll I'll throw a couple of panels that I really love. Sure. I love this coffee drinking panel. 
I love the way the layout is. I love the way the thought bubbles again, thought bubbles, something that we had not seen. I, in a long I, time. Yeah. I was going to say that too. The, the thought bubbles is, is, was such a nice thing to see in this, in my opinion. And I, we don't get those a lot even then to now, but like, even then it was super rare. And like, he brought that back. That to me is Spider-Man. Well, not just the captions, thought bubbles because he's constantly thinking and thought bubbles so, gives more of a constant uh, idea. In that so this is where I'll probably push back on you more on the, in this arc. I sure. think from a moral aspect, we throw up five sixty for me. This is why you're talking. Uh, so. Yeah. Um, so also fun fact for those that are audio listener, because we'll, this will be on the audio edition too. Uh, on the cover, Incredible Hulk in the cover in the corner. So that also gives you context as to when this was being the movie, the movie, the MCU film, the 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 second MCU film that ever existed is the Incredible Hulk. Now available on Disney Plus. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, I like this is very much a pop art cover here. Oh, oh yeah. for sure, definitely. It's, a, it's it's inspired by you know like a uh, what's that's a Andy Warhol. That's a that's a Andy Lichten, that's a that's a Lichtenstein riff. Oh yeah, okay. Lichtenstein was the guy who a lot of people have problems with now because he would basically project uh, comic panels and paint them, and you know he went off to get millions of dollars being a fine artist, and meanwhile these comic artists or you know just left in the dirt <laughs> so, there, so there's a couple of my my issues with this arc are paper doll is a very weak character Inter interesting character but very uh, talk about screwball screwball very one note paper doll very one note she is, is a, i think is this her only appearance i feel like it might be yeah, I, I think the 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 also the what was her name like her real name was like something doll like the, the it was very on the nose it was uh, it, and even I think slots admitted like yeah, I did I, I swung and missed on that one I will say I did there was a horror aspect to this arc that I enjoyed yeah and I think Martin I'm, I'm biding my time I'm biding my time I, I think Martin I think Martin's layouts were great I didn't like the Mary Jane I already said that but. And I, Bobby Carr. Yeah, not I, that either. I don't love him, but I don't hate him as much now after I've read it again as I did back then. And that's because back then, you know, this is the first time we're seeing Mary Jane. She's with this douchebag. Why is she with the douchebag? When did this happen? It wasn't really a douchebag, I thought. Like he's he was just a he's just a he's a little star. more sympathetic than I re remember him being in my brain. So when yeah, I read I, it, I, I'm like, I have a little more sympathy for him because it, it I guess in in the era of which we've seen, like with Britney Spears and her dad and all that stuff, and the Johnny Depp trial and all that, all that you know, gobbledygook that we've seen over the last few years, and how toxic celebrity is. I, I I view this always been that way, right? But well, it's really always been that way. But me, it's hitting me differently as an adult than it did when I was in my twenties. Like yes, I, or in my late teens, early twenties. Yeah, I know what you mean. When you're younger, so young like man, it hits me different now that I'm an adult, and I I think I have a better grasp and understanding of like the plight of uh, the the downside of fame. And. I think that slot tries to portray that here with with yeah. Bobby Carr and the stalking element. I also think 
in proximity to that we'd already seen like a stalking element. This is the third time we'd seen that with Merit, you know, a stalking element celebrity thing with Mary Jane. This is like the third time, the first time with eh, I wouldn't Angel. she's not stalking Mary Jane though. That's the I know, thing. I but would... like it's, it's it's adjacent. That's what that's 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 my eh, point. I, I don't I don't think it's the same. That's maybe I, I just don't think so. So so my point being like the Jonathan Caesar's stalking element uh in the eighties and then in the two thousands early 2000s in the Mackie Byrne reboot, the, the stalker that never got a name, just the stalker. Um, you know, the proximity to that, I'm like, ah, eh, we've seen this kind of song and dance before. Uh, it's an interesting villain, and I don't think anybody but Martine could have pulled off visually the character. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I, I think that she served the purpose because it's 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 interesting because Peter just stumbles into this. He kind of Scooby Doo's his way into this entire scenario because he's yeah. now a paparazzo. I think mm-hmm. from a moral standpoint, I I I didn't like him being a paparazzo. I understand what you're saying. It's it's trying to evolve beyond you know him taking pictures of Spider Man right. in an era that people have digital cameras and can you know, quickly upload. This is again, before the smartphone camera phones were a thing, but they were terrible in quality. Right. But but Uh, Peter, but but Peter, you know, and and that's the thing I'm going to say too. I, I, you don't have to like it, but I, that's the whole point is Peter has to learn that himself. He can't, I, I, because he's also desperate and he's trying to keep a job. So I feel like he's trying to pay back. He's trying to pay back Harry and Harry kind of shuns him and Harry's kind of disgusted with him. And then, you know, Robbie, the, the, I liked how Robbie um, as the voice of always been the voice of reason in the daily mm-hmm. bugle and really been the heart and soul of the daily bugle more so than Jonah. Absolutely. Like he's, he's the moral compass. And now that the moral compass has been thrown out the window in favor of the, the tabloids tabloidization of the daily bugle, um, you know, we won't have Dexter Bennett for much longer, but it, it is an interesting dynamic and an interesting element of, of that takeover. Yeah, Eventually, listen. you know, it softly goes back to status quo, but yeah. Can you throw up 561 for me? Yeah. I, I think that this arc's pretty fun. And I actually think Paper, Paper Doll is a way more interesting character than people give her credit for. Sure. I do agree that Marcus Martin definitely is the one you should be kind of he's the only one that could establish her as a character yeah i definitely feel that um this was a i I kind of a no i would not think that i don't think this was a swing and a miss for me i think this was a very interesting dynamic i do think it was a mistake to put mary jane reintroduced in this arc i think there's a better way to do it i thought I, i thought it was cute how he tried to get around that um yeah whatever it was, that, it was also, predictable, little, I would say. Yeah. The little nuggets of, you know, oh, we knew each other. Another line. And it was just yeah. like... Yeah, yeah, it's, I was just like, oh, they're not going to... I was like, oh, he's not going to know it's Mary Jane, right? And right. he doesn't. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and, and the other thing, too, I, I totally forgot about this until I read this issue. The whole, like, the amazing similarities between Jackpot and Mary Jane. They're still trying to hint that Mary Jane's Jackpot at this point. What the hell? Why are the balloons? Because <laughs> <laughs> I put a B side up. Um, so wow. 
<laughs> Did you know that was a new that's that's a new thing with with uh, iOS, Mac wow. OS. For those that are watching the video, for those that are watching the audio, if you put up a peace sign and you're using a MacBook or a iPad or whatever, it will start randomly throwing balloons out. But but you know but but the, the thing the is Sarah Everett, But the scene between Mary Jane and Sarah Everett had no idea what that was about until I reread it. I'm like, oh, that's them interacting. Okay, now I understand. I forgot about the fact that, it, it, I mean, P she had given her name to Peter in the jackpot arc. And this is the, the this was the first time we met the other side of jackpot. I Most people don't probably realize that in that scene. I, I don't even care, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but it's whatever. But I think, again, as as just on a surface level of this, this story, it's a pretty fun Spider-Man story, I think. And I think the art obviously really helps. Mm -hmm. But even if it was Marcus Martin not drawing the comic, I still like the, the energy that slot gives it. And I think it's paced pretty well. And again, I think the characterization of Peter and Spider-Man is spot on. So it's like so far rereading these, in my opinion, have only strengthened my love of Stan Slot Spider-Man because I love all the stuff. I mean, again, the stuff I don't love is like the stuff that's like pretty much editorial based. It's like, oh, we got to introduce Mary Jane at some point. It's like maybe Dan Slot, maybe it was his idea to put her in this arc. Not the smartest idea, in my opinion. If that's if that's the case. But that being said, I still like everything about this. I think Paper Doll is a really interesting character that is probably way more interesting than people give her credit for the fact that her parents like sucked her into like outer into a different different dimension there's so much rich storytelling there you could do that's like waiting to be told in my opinion like she is a fascinating character and i think it sucks that people like we're like i don't like her because she's a paper doll and she's all flat and stuff like, I'm like a paper doll. <laughs> well like it's trying to project a two a 2d image in a 3d space Right. Or it's right. You know, you know, and, and I think it's that that's basically like a Mr. Fantastic, but like a diet version, <laughs> which I, I also think that there's also some. I think you can paper doll really can skirt the like you could do a whole and, and as morbid as it seems, you could do a whole anorexia story. Uh, that's too, that's too, that's too. That's too I mean, but, but in terms of like, in terms of like, you know, that type of thing, you, you there, there is there is storytelling elements. Should it be done? No, I don't know. There's but, a there's a there's a horror element that's he the, yeah. heavily missing from this. Oh yeah, probably. I think when it's used, it's used it pretty well. One, yeah. If you want to take out the cover now, you can. I, okay. I just wanted to throw it out there. Sorry. Uh, it's, look, this is a great cover. Um, I, I think the layout oh, of the cover is good. I think it's uh, you know, again, visual aids and or live comments. I'll probably put that at the beginning of the audio edition. But so uh, I let me ask. So let me ask both you guys. We'll as we wrap up because I, I I I think it's very apparent. I think these are very strong issues. I think this is probably the most. These three issues are probably the most fun. Um, of the of the six issues or seven. Yeah, I didn't issues. have fun reading them, but I, but I, that's my question. That was my next question. Did you guys enjoy to read these, or what? What was your level like? You know, it, was it was it better than the last time you read it? Is it the same, slightly better? It, it's it, it is improved, um, and I think again, and that's that's always the question that we have to we have to turn turn back ourselves to, especially when we're discuss doing this type of discussion. The Dude, first just, arc, the yeah. first arc, I think reads the second half or the the second two thirds of the first arc read much better 
to me now than they did back then. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah. I think that this arc, the second arc was okay. I, I still, I, I think at this point, the slot had kind of gotten in the groove of the three issues. Um, and again, I think three issues, I think fits him generally as a writer better. Um, but that being said, I think paper doll is a very weak character. I'm not a huge fan of screwball as we've mentioned. Um, so it was not the DB stuff. We didn't talk about the Jonah stuff in the first arc. I think the Jonah stuff in the first arc was good. Mm-hmm. Great. I, I think his voice for Jonah is, was not a caricature, which is very hard to do. Um, it sucked because the story that I helped inspire just was completely nullified, but that's nothing to do with Dan Slott. So I was a little bitter. I remember at the time because this was their first interaction since then um, on the page. So I was like, man, because I love that story and not just because I helped inspire it. I just love, I love Jonah knowing. I think it's uh, Jonah and Aunt May knowing are two things that I've always really liked because I think it broadens the characters quite a bit. Um, so that being said, I, I, I also, it's funny because Marla suddenly went back to being old. Um, in this arc, what, uh, what are you going to do? I'm not now. Nah, nah, well, nah. I mean, she's been just t- like, especially cause I'm reading, I just got done reading like her, her first appearance. She looks, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Her, her, her look has, especially in the nineties with Luke Ross, where he made her sexy Marla Madison. <laughs> um, which I guess he made everybody sexy. That's just the thing about nineties Luke Ross. Um, so I, I don't blame, I don't blame them here. Uh, I, I do, you know, think that the, the, the element of her selling the stock of, of the bugle because damn it, it's going to kill Jonah. I think that that does make sense. Yeah. Because something was going to have to change with Jonah. I agree with that. So I don't hate that element as much as I used to. Yeah. Again, back to Paper Doll. Bobby Carr, eh, I can do without yeah. Bobby Carr. Mary, yeah, Jane, Mary Jane was okay. I still don't think he ever nailed Mary Jane in terms of writing her as a character. And I think it's, it's been a while. Of, tonally, yeah, I, tonally, I think it starts here. And I just always felt his Mary Jane was off. Uh, Marcos Martin, just beautiful. I... I have clipped out the the um, the coffee mug. You know, I I may end up using that just for like, you know, if we if we're gonna be having to do a delay or something and make a graphic for it, I'm gonna use that image because I just like that image a lot. Of yeah. just that that to me is like a quintessential Spider-Man image. He's just drinking a cup of coffee, and you know, it's it's wintertime in New York, and he's you know stuck on the side of a building. You know what I mean? Like that's that's. Yeah. So it's so I would say it sounds like you enjoy these more um, as probably again, a little a, more. I, I would say if in a vacuum, you would say like you know like, like those characters, you would say Dan Slott probably gets Spider Man more opposed and doesn't get Spider Man. Is that an accurate assumption? Um, uh, to be to be determined. I, I need to read more of, of it. Um, I'm, I'm saying and these. I'm not saying like talk about I'm in saying, these issues. Yes, in these issues. I, I think he, I don't think he gets Spider-Man more. I just think that it's a different no, I'm, I'm saying, era. Right. Era I'm saying, I'm saying more, 
would you say for you, like, would you, uh, would you think he, looking back, would you say, I would say he gets Spider-Man more to like in general. Now that I thought, I think that now more he, I think now, I think okay. I think his Spider-Man is better than his Peter Parker in this era. That's a, that is that. You know I, what? that I, is, I think his Spider-Man is, is a little bit better for me than his Peter Parker. I still think Peter Parker's wrong. So, but that, but, but, I, but, I, but part of that's also because I think editorial of where they place it. And too. some of that, again, as we get, as we get oh, further yeah. away from that initial arc, you know, I, I'll, I'll see, but at least right now, I feel like his Spider-Man's right. His Peter Parker's wrong. Adam, take it, take us home. We'll get out of here. Um, I liked, well, I liked the second arc more than the first arc. I kind of, I remember it took me, it took me longer to read the first arc. I think I, I was like, I'm just reading this and it was, it was kind of dragging for me. Uh, I thought Mr. Negative was interesting for the most part. The devil's breath thing was a surprise. I was like, Oh, that's in the game. That's cool. I didn't, you know, wasn't expecting that. I think the game, the stakes in the game are, you know, astronomically higher, which I think I like more, but I don't know if they ever did anything else with, with that in the comics but there's something uh there if they want to uh go back to that oh yeah uh, no, I, th I think um i agree with you i think the uh the gauge took this arc and and blew it up substantially for the game in terms of stakes yeah um i wasn't a huge fan of the the parker luck stuff in the first arc like i said i felt like it was kind of I don't know. It was it was too like oh he's just gonna blame himself for this crap and yeah I don't know I I it wasn't it wasn't hooking me it just it seemed like too messy. Um, second arc, love the art. Paper doll is maybe a one note character sort of, but she could be fleshed out. Agreed. Pun intended potentially uh <laughs> she is kind of an it is an interesting visual i think i think marcus martin's art helps sell it i think another artist maybe could have done the horror stuff well potentially but maybe not the uh maybe not i don't know the there's a theme of like there's all this like theme of photography and movies and and art and stuff going on in that arc I'm, I'm realizing yeah. now that it's like it sort of fits the the character actually. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some she, some, she, I, I some good think, horror I think, elements. I think she's one dimensional. You could say yes. There might be some <laughs> good literally. Bones. There might be some good bones in the character. Yeah, they could maybe I, do something with her, but I feel like this was you know, it, it was an okay story. You know, no, she would be I a have, really good doctor, like a Doctor Strange or a Ghost Rider or like a supernatural, like in a more supernatural setting. She might she might work a little better. I have I I have uh, I have a pitch for her at some point if oh, Marvel okay. ever would hire me. But <laughs> well. well, the thing and the thing is too, I think the strength is that she is scary in you know when she's like sucking people dry of their you know dimension. <laughs> It's, 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 it's a, it could be a good it could honestly be a good uh you know if you adapted this into a horror thing it'd be scary <laughs> yeah i agree um, there's, there's there's horror elements there for sure the uh the mary jane thing i thought was predictable just because like oh they're not gonna he's not gonna know right and they they didn't do that it's like okay whatever um and then the the paparazzi thing i mean i don't know i guess i feel like I understand 
why he takes the job because he is desperate and they've they've established that he's basically you know got nothing <laughs> he's like at rock bottom essentially at this point maybe not like in with wells at the beginning of wells's thing but he's like he's in a very like uncertain place so i get why he takes the job especially with the daily bugle being taken over by uh, Dude, if I, if I got an offer for a, a 1.2 million dollar shot and i'm a photographer yeah. like anybody with worth their salt would take especially a peter parker who's never had that type of money ever right i mean he could buy himself an apartment in new york with that type of money it feels like i guess it feels like to me that it's it's a product of well it, it's a it's a product of his status in the book as it relates to the reboot of brand new day if this were like yeah you know during jms's run i don't know if he would do it yeah i think there would have been a little bit if it were even like the clone saga i mean yeah no it's it's i don't know you know and i think that's the i think that's the point that that paul tries to make is that the point of it is is it's not it's not something that's in character for peter parker but he has to learn. He has to kind of yeah. learn that. Yeah, yeah it, it just kind of feels like. And, but that's also like that, that's something that he would have done in his late teens, early twenties. That yeah, that's not yeah. But remember, but remember, guys, they're trying to de-age him too. That's what I'm, yeah, like, I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why. But, I yeah, say yeah, like yeah, yeah. That's the, yeah. So it the feels, reboot. It's because Brand New Day is a reboot. Let's just let's just call it like it's a reboot of the character. Like they're yeah, you know a soft reboot. It's a, yeah. yeah, very soft. Like oh, everything still happened, but we're not gonna like. We're not gonna organic web shooters. Yeah, we're not gonna. Make, we're just gonna yeah. let you forget about that. And you know, we don't know why him. He, you know, oh, he, he almost married Mary Jane. We don't know why, and we'll find that out later. Oh, but, yeah, you know, I, I had it's that very much from the first, the first issue. Um, where he's yeah. Let's 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 wrap it up here. Um, yeah, it's we, a good spot for it. Yeah, let's go over there. Um, thank you so much for everyone uh joining us uh this to has been our next than... episode because i do have the i do have the list yeah new go ways to die, i believe right it is new ways to die so we're going to be covering oh, so the six excited. issues of new ways to die drawn drawn by jazzy john Romita jr and uh written return by it is a return oh, to wait. form for uh i love love that arc when i so i'm excited to reread it so um issues six or 568 through 573 so if you want to follow along again if you are watching this and or listening to this on the audio edition you gotta go ahead and read the books before you before you listen because we're not going to give you the recaps like we do on our other shows this is why it's just mainly a discussion all right paul yeah give us give us your parting thoughts and then i'll throw the outro out all right. Uh, yeah. Uh, I this is this has been fun. I love talking about this stuff. It's been a good conversation, good honest conversation about in criticism of of a book. And I think it's proven to me why I, I like Dan Slot. And uh, I look. I can't wait to get into new ways to die. Um, and uh, please go if you haven't already. Go subscribe to the Comic Binge. Go listen to a bunch of the episodes of the Comic Binge. Interact with the Comic Binge. Meaning you can follow us on all our social media accounts. Go like some of our videos. Go leave some love notes, a.k.a. comments. Uh, I really appreciate it. There's a bunch of Spider-Man content with Spider-Man Council. Go check us out there. And uh, I really appreciate everyone's support. So the plan, here's my plan. When we we do premiere this, 
will be in the comments section. So we'll see your comments, you know, because we'll, we'll premiere it and I will, we'll, we'll interact with you. I'll interact with you in the comments. And if Paul, it'd be the same thing with Paul. So we'll kind of on my side yeah. on his side too. So they'll be streaming live streaming on both, yep. on both comic binge and Spidey dude. And of course on the Spidey dude channel with, uh, Spidey dude experience in our audio editions on Spidey dash dude. Yes. So without further ado, I'm going to do our sta my standard outro. Take it away, uh, sir. Uh, read more comics. Oh, yeah. Read more comics. Read more Adam, comics. Adam, you want do you want to say it for us? I'll let you do it since Chris is <laughs> here. Read more comics. There you go. There we go. All right. We all three got it. All right. All right. I want to thank our patrons before we get out of here. As always, we got to thank those guys and gals that contribute each and every month to what we do here on the channel. We got our sensational tier patrons. We got Adam, Allison, Cindy, Ed, Georgia, Greg, Janelle, Jessica, Jurgen, Catherine, Kale, Kigar, Laura Howard, Master Dramon, Phoenician, Scott McClure, Vanessa, and Vicky. Thank you guys for your support here on the channel. And of course, we have our VIPs, Scott, Sebastian, Vinkman, and Winnipeg Webhead. Thank you guys for your support. If you're looking up on, on the screen, we also have our friendly neighborhoods here. Those are our $1 patrons. They get audio shout-outs at each and every episode. So thank you to them. And, of course, if you want to be on the program, you can always check us out over at Spidey Dude Radio Network on YouTube. If you've not already liked, shared, and subscribed, please do so. If you want to be part of our community, you can always join our Discord as well as our Facebook page, at Spidey Dude Network, our Twitter is at Spidey Dude Radio. Same thing with Instagram and threads at Spidey Dude Network. If you want to have your voice be heard on the show, you can always leave us a voicemail at 818-925-6631 or leave us an email at Network at gmail.com. Leave us that five-star review if you're listening to us on the audio edition. Let us know how we're doing. We'll read your feedback on a future episode. Thanks for watching. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next time here on the Spidey Dude Radio Network.